excited to be here today. Our topic for episode two is principles still grieve. And I think this topic is so important to our work and to who we are as human beings because this is a natural part of, of life. Um, and as leaders, we lead publicly. So this also is, becomes a natural part of leadership. But a very interesting and difficult one to sometimes talk about. Um, today, as we, as we kind of dialogue and dig deep into this work, let's just start by talking and sharing some of the times as a principal uh, Casey, when you have grieved, when on campus as a leader have you just experienced grief? Absolutely. So the first thing I can think of, um, so I have one story that comes to mind about um, how I've had to grieve, how I've grieved at the campus level. And back in March, um, our beloved assistant principal passed away, and that was tragic and sudden. And it was about a week after COVID had just hit. And so um, just processing that, I had never lost a loved one before personally. And then I was have I lost my partner in crime overnight. And um, that was so much grief for not only myself, but for my campus. And I had no tools at all of how to lead that because I had never lost someone before. So maybe if you've lost like a mom or dad or Um, husband or spouse, you know how to um, do that. But I just had no idea how to coach people or love people through that grief. So that's the the professional one that comes to my mind. Um, A personal one that comes to mind that um, happened last year was my husband and I um, experienced infertility. And so that was a personal grieving moment that I was experiencing while simultaneously still having to lead a campus and be positive and joyful and um, upbeat. And so that was really hard to figure out, like, what do I share about my grief? What do I not share? Um, You know, what's professional, what's not professional? So I think it just both, both the things really were sucky, not to be rude. Um, And it was a really hard um, experience to figure out, like, how to lead my staff through some professional grief of our AP dying, and then also how to lead my own emotions um, through our grief of infertility while still having to maintain, you know, positivity and um, a solid foundation for my campus. Those are some pretty important um, times in our own lives, right? And then they're also displayed publicly. I think one professional one that comes to mind is leading a campus um, that was in improvement required and having a very short amount of time to make academic gains. And in those academic gains, also uh, having a whole brand new staff. It was basically everybody was new. We'd hired 100 people in like three weeks. And so we just had a lot of work to do in a really short amount of time. And so when we got our scores back at the end, I mean, we're talking working 6.30 a.m. to 10 p.m. at night, so many nights, uh, just trying to really turn a school around in a year's time. And so then to get those scores at the end of the year, beginning of the next year, and not meeting the mark that we had hoped to meet, um, just is really a punch in the gut to a principal. And just that grieving moment that I had while personally, you know, getting that information and that data is a very public information. And so working and thinking 
um, about how to lead when you're, it's reality, it sucks. And it also, you're having to offer hope, right? You have the same group of people trying to do the same work. And how do you motivate and keep everybody going the same direction? And so I think that's the one time that I can think of. Um, and then this global pandemic, I, I think it just completely took me for a shock to come to campus and be on a campus with kids and be happy like be so excited to have the students return but then not being able to have school proceed like normal I just really did not expect for myself to feel so sad on a couple of those first nights drives home like just really trying to truly understand why school felt and looked so different so we've experienced um, grief, you know, personally, professionally, and we do that as leaders. And so when when we think about those things, um, when we when we talk about grief and we think about leading that work, what are some ways that you have um, personally like worked through that yourself, even if you were in front of your staff? That's a great question. So I think the first thing that I'm mindful of is. Um, just like the work that I've done on my own heart as a person. So if I haven't processed it enough internally on my own, it's not my staff's responsibility to process that with me publicly. So the first thing that I've done in terms of like even our infertility and then my AP passing away is I allowed myself space um, before I showed up for them um, to process that information to be able to then articulate it in a way that I knew they needed and I knew that they were going to receive it in regards to my assistant principal passing away. Um, So just giving myself space to process the information first and to make sense of it, even though grief, when things are grief stricken, nothing makes sense. Um, But at least to have space enough personally by myself to process it, internalize it, and then make sense of it the most that I can. Um, I've just really tried to protect my staff of being my guinea pigs of working out my own emotions and um, issues on. It's not their responsibility. And so I think that just as a a leader, that's the one biggest thing that I've done that I think is responsible is working that out on my own before presenting it or exposing them to it because that's not um, their issue and that's not their responsibility to work out my stuff um so that to me that's just something that's worked for me so far I think that's important to reflect on right as leaders sometimes we we are in those moments publicly so even giving yourself permission to say hey guys we're gonna pause and we're gonna talk about this tomorrow right like this isn't the day to do that if that reflection hasn't been there if that space hasn't been provided for you so Excellent point. I also think it would be um, part of the discussion point to process that with people around you and not necessarily your campus. Mm -hmm. Sometimes your leadership team is important to do that too, but I think having a mentor, having a fellow colleague, somebody in your family that you can process and think those things through too because uh, we we say this sometimes, our, our first thought is not always the best one to share out loud. It's like our third thought that we have to be able to to participate and give out to our campus. So having the time to also dialogue and think and process through with somebody else mm-hmm. um, before it's with your team. And, and very, very few times, and it can be your close leadership team on your campus, but recommending for it to be people outside of that immediate circle. So that way, again, like you said, you're not having to put them through a process of grieving with you. It's so, so important. Absolutely. Um, yeah, so I think just all those things to consider, but I also think that when we grieve, 
Like we can't beat ourselves up if we don't grieve in the same way. And I've learned that recently. I really um, um, haven't had a lot of grief in my life other than those really two big moments that I shared just now. And you can compare yourself to how someone else is grieving. So for example, um, I had to really process my assistant principal passing away pretty quickly because I still had to lead a campus and I didn't have a lot of time and space to um, to allow myself to not move forward. And so I worked through that a lot quicker than perhaps some of my teachers did. So it could maybe be like a month or two later and they were calling me crying still and just really like in a very um, – I would guess the stage of grief, I think it's called, is maybe still in disbelief that she had passed away. And I had to just allow myself to not judge them for that, but allow them that space, even though I was way past that stage of grief because I had to be. And so that's okay. You know, I think that what I've learned through grief, um, and I'm looking forward to learning more tonight in our conversation, but is that we all process it at different stages And we're all going to process it in different ways and to not try to compare yourself to the person across from you if they are grieving quicker or slower than you. Um, That's just kind of like was eye-opening to me because I had never experienced that before. What about you? I think having having that um, awareness, Casey, is just important as you're leading through that team. And I'm sure our guests today will be able to talk through and share a little bit more perspective of just what that can can look like. I also just think it's important to have all of us give ourselves permission to have that grief moment. Um, we don't always have the answer. We don't always have it figured out. We don't always know what's ahead. We don't always know what to do next. And I think that permission, as Brene Brown um, talks about mm-hmm. often, is going to be important to our work and our own sanity. We don't have to be perfect. We can grieve in our own process. I do think there's a responsibility as a leader to think through that and to know things. And I think like listening to this podcast is a step. Um, knowing what to do when grief happens and being prepared for that is, is an important step. So it's not to dismiss it altogether, but to give yourself permission to not have it figured out and to not handle every moment perfectly, mm-hmm. but to also grow in that and, and reflect because it probably will happen again in our lives. Mm-hmm. And so the more we learn from this first time or a first time or a third time or a fourth time will help us be prepared for the next. So I'm excited to introduce our guest to you guys. Uh, one of our very close personal friends, and she has been around um, as, as as a friend for a long time, but then just also a very wise counselor. And uh, Miss Danielle Leonard will be our guest speaker. She is a therapist and um, a licensed counselor herself. We'll let her kind of talk to you guys. If you hear us call her Danny, it's because we are so used to being around her as a friend and not just as a professional. So we're ex- very excited to introduce Miss um, Danielle Leonard. All right, this is episode two of Principal Still, and today we will be um, talking with our dear friend, Danielle Leonard. Danielle, can you introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about what you do and how you got started with that? Yes, um, so I am a licensed professional counselor, and I own my own private practice. Um, I have been working in the field for about 10 years, 
And I got started actually working uh, with clients who experienced addiction problems. Um, what I kind of realized from that was a lot of the addiction problems were a result of trauma in mm. some way. So trauma could be abuse, like we normally think of, or a traumatic incident, or even grief. Um, you know, unresolved grief leading to people having addiction. So as I got into my practice, I started um, wanting to just work with trauma exclusively, um, knowing kind of how it was a kind of the thing producing um, the addiction in the other clients. So um, now I'm in private practice, and um, yeah, I'm, I'm loving it. That's awesome. Well, our first question for you, Danny, um, is as a counselor, what experience, what experiences, professional or personal, have you experienced grief? So if you just want to talk to us a little bit about your own personal or professional experience with grief and what that was like um, and kind of how you worked through that. Okay, so um, I think working in the field of addiction, you you do experience clients that do take their life or pass away due to their addiction. So that has happened professionally. Um, And then I think personally, you know, grief can come in many different forms. It's not necessarily the loss of a loved one. Sometimes it's the loss of an idea that you have Mm -hmm. for yourself or an identity. You know, like we might have this plan. I need to be married by the time I'm 30 and that doesn't happen. And then we have grief about that. So Um, Just kind of remembering that, that grief comes in many forms. It's not just traditionally what we think. I think that's so important. So many times um, principals have this idea, right, of what we want our school to be like, how the day is supposed to go. And so we end up um, setting ourselves up, in a sense, sometimes for that exact grief. And as Casey and I were sharing earlier, I think a lot of our – Um, work this year has really been trying to be how do we lead ourselves because I don't know about you but I was having a hard time um, once students came back in the pandemic it still looked and felt very different and didn't even realize how sad that made me just in driving home and reflecting on the day that it wasn't like a normal school day and so while that seems super small um, it sounds like kind of what you're sharing with us is that takes its own form of grief. Yeah I would agree and so um, that was exactly right. You know, I think we have our expectations of what school should look like, um, what it's always looked like traditionally. And then, like you were saying, Danny, we have to just die to the idea of what we expected um, to be able to process that grief. Um, so that's that was really good to know that, like, grief isn't just some traumatic, big, big moment where someone passes or um, you've experienced, you know, abuse. It can just also be um, just something looks different. A whole system looks different now, and you have to be able to process that and understand um, what you're feeling, why you're feeling it, and kind of how to work through it. So, um, can you share with us, Danny, just um, something? I know we we kind of know this and have probably had a class on this or read a book, but what are the stages of grief? Just to even help us kind of know and think through that. Just first of all, what are those stages of grief? So the stages of grief are probably, like you said, something pretty well-known. So it was developed by Kubler and Ross in 1969, and they have five different stages. So denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and acceptance. Mm. 
Um, and the thing to remember, actually, as they've done more research on grief, is that you don't go through these stages chronologically. Mm. Um, you actually can skip from like one to three, back to two, to five, to one. And um, everybody grieves differently. So I've heard it described almost like a la- like a marbleized layer cake, meaning everything is intertwined and coming together in that way, not like we're sequentially going through an order. So I think a lot of times with grief, it frustrates people because they're supposed to like, are they saying like, I should be at step five. Mm. And you're like, well, okay, maybe yesterday you were and you were in acceptance and then today you're back in anger because something new has come up or something's going on in your life that's a stressful event. So yeah, I think it's a good guideline, but I guess it's just reminding yourself that when you're grieving, your feelings are all over the place mm-hmm. and allowing yourself to have that. Um, so there's no right way to grieve. Everybody grieves differently. Some people might move sequentially through these stages and some people might jump and some people might grieve for a lot longer. Um, there is such thing as complicated grief. For example, like if you lose somebody unexpectedly, like in a car accident or like if a parent loses a child, which is something that nobody ever expects. Mm -hmm. It becomes complicated grief because that shapes your whole idea of the world because you thought the world was safe. I'm going to die before my child Mm -hmm. and then that doesn't happen. Mm -hmm. So there's many different layers to every situation. And so I think that would be the biggest thing I would say is give yourself some grace and know that you're going to be a hot mess for a while (laughs) and that's okay. And um, just know that your feelings are valid. I think what part of what you shared um, made me think too is that there are probably schools and principals out there who are dealing with the very real grief of a death of a student due to the pandemic or illness to a teacher, and so it's it is um, as as big as death, and then also as small as just not seeing the school operate in the same ways, um, and. And as you're sharing, it, it made us um, kind of think and reflect, too, that there are, are stages of grief as a principal we have mm-hmm. to work through, but then we're also leading an entire campus, right? So it's almost like we don't want to give ourselves permission to grieve or to even think that way because we're having to lead that campus. Casey, I mean, for, for you um, as a leader, too, in a school, like what does this kind of, um, like what does this make you think of? Yeah, so back in March, um, when we first shut down because of COVID, um, we lost our assistant principal suddenly. And so that was really, really tragic and sudden. And um, we we really just had to process that as a team. And it was hard because we weren't together um, in person because we were in quarantine. Um, so really having to help our staff and myself grieve um, safely, socially distanced was really, really hard. Uh, but I think what really got us through was just a lot of um, vulnerability with each other. We had a very safe space to like not be okay all the time and cry in front of each other. Um, and just to say, like, this is hard and this sucks and that's okay. And, and not try to give solutions, not try to fix it. Just let people be in their emotions and not try to make it better for them. Um, myself included, like, I was the same way. I would cry in front of them in staff meetings and whatnot because it was just still really raw and hard. Um, and so... Even with the pandemic now, with things being different, you know, teachers having to teach online and their kids in person, everyone wearing a mask, being overly cautious about being six feet away. And then when you can't be six feet away, the stress that comes with that, like as a leader, I just have to like give my teachers grace and say, 
I don't expect your instruction to look the same this year. I don't expect um, maybe the way that you manage your classroom, classroom management to look the same this year. I have to be um, giving, I have to give them permission to not expect perfection right now because the only thing that matters to me is that they're safe and our kids are safe. Um, and so just that open communication and giving them space to be vulnerable and to be real and to be raw and to not try to have this like toxic positivity all the time um, has been really helpful with us grieving um, the loss of losing our assistant principal and just the way the new school year looks. That's incredible. I mean, you guys have had a lot of parts of grief. And as a leader, Casey, that's so hard to to lead in those moments because sometimes you just want that time and space, but but you're standing in front of, you know, a group of people. Um, Danny, what, what are some um, tips or, or suggestions or advice that you may have for principals who might be grieving, but then at the same time having to lead others? Yeah, I mean, I think the first thing that I would recommend is having support for yourself. Mm-hmm. I think as leaders, a lot of times we neglect ourselves and we show up for others, but not for ourselves. So finding a support, whether it's a spouse, a friend group, a counselor, whatever you're comfortable with. But having that time for yourself, I mean, weekly, if not mm-hmm. multiple times a week to process and be real and have your feelings along with Casey, kind of like what you were saying, doing it as a group, grieving as a group, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Because you're going to experience things individually as a leader that are different than your teachers Mm -hmm. and your students. Yeah. And I think as you're sharing, you know, there's people and other principals who might be in the same or similar situations, having lost somebody or just grieving their, their normal school day. And so, um, like you said, people handle that differently. So some people could be great at being managers of that within their building, and some people might be having a really hard time. So if, if there's a principal out there who is having a hard time themselves, um, even before leading their campus, what suggestions or advice might you have in that situation? Um, So if they're having a hard time personally, I mean, I would recommend counseling or therapy. However, I am biased because that's what I do. (laughs) Um, But, you know, sometimes a lot of people get healing if they're not ready for therapy uh, from reading about grief, Mm -hmm. um, hearing other people's experiences about it to know that they're not alone. So podcasts, um, memoirs, you know, reading can be really powerful to help us understand that what we're experiencing is not abnormal and also learning from others experiences I think is really powerful so therapy reading support groups um there's even I think right now online forums for support groups Mm -hmm. because people can't meet in person because of COVID so um just doing some research and I'm sure that you will find a plethora of information Thank you. It's there is resources out there, right? Sometimes it just takes somebody reminding you to to go do that or to look for that. So mm-hmm. taking care of yourself. I know we are told that a lot as principals mm-hmm. right now, but then sometimes it feels like it's just a statement, right? Go take care of yourself. So what does that actually mean? And I like what I hear you saying is to find the thing that works for you. If it's reading, if it's listening, if it's talking to other people, uh, making sure that you're not just hearing the words to take care of yourself, but actually actively doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, a couple more um, thoughts, and then we'll we'll kind of wrap the session up. But in Casey, you've had such a, uh, a a big experience within this with 
just since March. What advice um, will you share with other principals being a principal yourself? Um, I think it's like kind of what Danielle uh, mentioned is just to take care of you as a principal. You know, I I work really hard uh, making sure that I disconnect when I leave work and when I'm when it's the weekends because um, it is a lot to process and it is a lot to um, like you're having to process grief with your staff. You're having to troubleshoot for them. You're having to manage their crises every day, and then you're the last one to think about yourself. And so. My advice to principals would be just to take care of you and like really have good boundaries for yourself. Don't check email after a certain time every night. Um, really just disconnect on the weekends. Find something that brings you joy, whether that's drinking coffee and watching HGTV or um, sitting on your back porch. You know, obviously with COVID, it also can be sad <laughs> because that's more grief of like, I can't go to the live concerts I used to go to. I can't, you know, hang out with my friends in big gatherings. But just find things that now in this season of your life that bring you joy and do more of that as much as you can. Um, that's really helps me. And then also like just being honest with my, with my staff, um, respectfully when I am struggling, you know, with, with thinking about the loss of my AP or just how it is hard, you know, I think it's important for us as principals not to force our teachers to always be positive. I think that can be really, really toxic to your culture when you force your teachers to just be positive and to always think of the good things and to always just, it's going to be okay. Like, I think that, yeah, we need to be positive, but at the same time, um, toxic positivity is real and it is a culture killer. And you have to also allow your teacher space to grieve and to be sad and to be mad and to not try to just fix them. Um, obviously, you have boundaries and you you have an expectation that you have to hold as a principal and you're going to stick to that, but you can do it in a loving way and you can give your teachers space when they need that space without trying to force them to fit into this perfect mold that you need your school to be. Thank you. I love that. It's um, you know been such an interesting year on so many fronts and just recognizing first that small things can have you grieve as a principal like seeing my kids with masks on I'm like are you smiling are you happy do you like school I don't even know what's happening behind that mask and then you know we used to give hundreds of hugs a day and so like the elbow fives are you know only so great for so long it's it's that not just do our kids miss that physical touch and connections but I think adults are missing that too Mm -hmm. and I don't know that that was really shared before this you know when we were going back to campus it was like keep everybody safe but also let's talk about while you're doing that there's going to be some things that don't feel the same and so are we're grieving uh, what school used to be like and mm-hmm. we're grieving the fact that we you know don't have all the answers or can't help everybody in certain situations so such an important topic and it's important time to think uh, through this today so Danny thank you so much for being with us um, if you um, you know have any final thoughts or just tell us how we can um, you know people can reach out to you if, if they want to so, yeah, thank you for having me. Um, if you would like to find me, my website is daniellelenardcounseling.com. Um, and then the links to my Instagram and Facebook are on there as well. So, yes, please reach out if you have any questions or concerns. And, um, again, thanks for having me. Thank you. Um, okay, before we leave, I think we have some rapid-fire questions that we're going to ask you, Danny. So these are just more fun questions, um, just so that the audience can get to know you a little bit better. They don't have to be um, work-related. It can be personal um, or whatever comes to your, your mind. So the first ending question we have for you, 
is what have you read or listened to lately that influenced your thinking or you kind of made you change your perspective on something? So uh, White Fragility actually is oh, a book yeah. that I read recently um, that really influenced my way of thinking, especially with all the racial um, tension that's going on right now. Um, just kind of understanding, uh, you know, the privilege that I have as a white female and, um, you know, the blessings that I have from that and how that is so different than and the struggles I encounter, how the struggles I encounter are so different than other races. Yeah. Yeah, such an important read. If you guys haven't checked it out, highly, highly recommend it. Uh, second question. Tell us something you are passionate about right now. It can be silly. It can be silly. It can be like passionate about my new coffee beans. Or it can be something <laughs> really that is true to your core, passionate about. Yeah. Hey, but seriously, my new coffee beans from Oak Cliff Coffee Roasters are amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. Um, well, my husband and I just bought a house, so I am passionate <laughs> about decorating it awesome. and finding deals and furniture like I never was good at this before but I have plenty of time on my hands now <laughs> so yeah that would be that's awesome. the, the thing that I'm focused on I love that last question if you weren't in a global pandemic right now where would you be or what would you be doing <laughs> well I would definitely be somewhere international um obviously we can't travel right now before Right when the pandemic started, like right around spring break, um, I was supposed to go on a trip to Israel. So that got canceled. Um, so I would definitely want to go and do that trip. But honestly, like anywhere with a beach that's relaxing would be ideal right now. I think us uh, Texas, North Texans are missing <laughs> some water here. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. Again, thank you so much for your time, Ms. Leonard. It's been great having you on the show today. And we just um, appreciate your time and insight and in helping us still think through about how principals still grieve. Yes. Thanks, Danny. We'll see you soon. Thanks for listening. Tune in next week as Casey and I share stories of principals still have to handle that. Thank you.